Hello and welcome back to In The Clock End, an Arsenal podcast with me, Steve. I hope all your listeners had a wonderful New Year's and a wonderful festive season. It's been a fantastic New Year's weekend for the Arsenal. Yesterday, both Man City and Newcastle dropped points. The Arsenal won on the South Coast. And today, New Year's Day, Una Emery's Aston Villa beat Tottenham 2-0, which was a cherry on the cake. And joining me to talk all things Arsenal, it's Calvin, the man who doesn't buy training wear. Definitely sat in some training wear. Good <sighs> evening, Calvin. Yeah, good evening, buddy. Thanks for that. You know, I, I'm having to eat a little bit of humble pie, aren't I? Said I was not really a fan of training wear. But I think the last three podcasts I've been on since, I've been wearing some sort of training wear. So, yeah, look, I'll take that one. Some of it's nice. I didn't used to. But just to clarify, I bought the new cream navy pink number which is out and about at the minute which is actually very nice i have to say but all in all in all i'm very well steve happy new year to you happy new year to the listeners um roll on 2023 eh yeah absolutely i must say i mean i mock you but it's i like it i don't know really i mean the pink is is that synonymous with arsenal i'm not entirely sure this season's the third shirt maybe <laughs> uh, yeah didn't even think of that it's a darker pink though right much darker, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm clutching at straws there, to be perfectly honest. There is no, obviously, let's be honest, white as well. I'm not yeah. really keen on the white, but it works. Fair. Fair. It does work. And joining us as well, it's the nomad himself. It's James. Good evening, James. Evening, mate. Happy New Year. And yeah, happy New Year to all the listeners. Nomad, where's that come from? You're always travelling, mate. Uh, Thank you. Come on. Yeah, fair enough. I do go on holiday a little bit, only every so often. Every this couple what, of weeks. What, <laughs> what he doesn't tell us, though, he lives in a shed in his parents' garden to yeah. fund these holidays. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's no way I can fund these holidays in any other way. But do you know what? I haven't even got anything booked now. So I'm... Um, well, we've got... Haven't you got the small uh, event called a wedding to kind of... Yeah, that is ruining do. things a little bit. And that <sighs> is taking up a little bit more time and, and money than I uh, would like it to. But there we go. Well, there's two lads here that could have told you all of that, to be honest with you. Um, that's just how it goes, mate. Don't do it, James. You can... Whoa. <laughs> You've still got time to back out. Just kidding. Whoa. Your, your, your uh, lovely fiance doesn't listen to the podcast, does she? Every so often. But, <laughs> uh, edit that oh. out. <laughs> that's the Keep advantage of you editing it, mate. But oh, as we've shit. alluded to previously... You used to edit it, but now you just put it out live, so anything goes now. I just can't be bothered to edit it. I mean, it's it's more it's more it's more organic. It's more you know it's real, you know. People. Mm. So we people... get all the insults, you know. We get all of the things that no one wants to hear. Pretty much, pretty much. But no, good luck with that, mate. And uh, I'm sure it will be a wonderful day. Thank it does you. Remind me, Thank it you. does remind me actually. You messaged me this morning. I only just remember you said. He... Crack of Still have an RS, yeah, RSVP. That's the morning, last mate. Happy yeah, New happy, no, yeah, happy New Year. You're great. Fucking RSVP to my wedding, basically. I did say Happy New Year first. True. And then That's I was just you to RSVP. <laughs> yeah. To be yeah. fair, yeah. The, the first thing I thought about this morning, New Year's Day, was James's wedding. So, well, why not? <laughs> you know, it should be your biggest priority of 2023, let alone it, Arsenal winning the league. It should be what pie do I want at James's wedding? That is a good point. Yeah. It's a valid point. Mm. I'll get onto that anyway, in a nutshell. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, cool. All right. 
that's enough jibber-jabber. Let's get on to the business, a matter in hand. Um, I mean, we could just go out to Tottenham for an hour, because that would be quite entertaining, but we should probably talk about the Arsenal. Um, travels to the South Coast yesterday, a tricky game. Mm. Uh, going, going into this, um, we'd only won two of our last seven games on New Year's Day. A little bit of a stat for you there. But we had nothing to worry about as it goes, as the Arsenal beat everybody, <laughs> it seems, at the moment. Um, mm. I'll come to you first, Calvin. How did you feel about yesterday? Well, there weren't too many emotions, which is usually a good sign after a match. Well, it can be bad if you just felt horrific for 90 minutes, but luckily that hasn't happened to us for quite some time. Um, but going into it, no, I think you know we, we spoke about in the pre-match pioneers case of, you know, our record's not the best down there. You know, they are a bit of a bogey side for us, home and away over the last few years. But, you know, there was confidence there. And, you know, I think I even said it on the pod before, and it was... We're, we're such a different Arsenal side now. It's, we're, you know, I'm still getting used to that feeling of having, you know, not misplaced confidence, which is something that I think a lot of us probably had going into a number of games over the last number of years, just because we're loyal. But it just feels different. And, and look, when you score in the first minute, you know, it sells the nerves, doesn't it, massively. Uh, so that that's such a massive help. But you know, going into it, yeah, I was a little bit nervous. And I think there was maybe a a little bit of extra nerves because of the chance to go seven points clear at the top, um, which is something I don't think many of us would have predicted would be the the possibilities going into that game because I don't know about you guys, but Everton, you know, they weren't giving me any confidence in that game, not any game, to be honest. So, yeah, overall confident. And, yeah, that confidence just grew, didn't it, going into the game? Yeah, I, I was going to actually ask you, um, I'll come to you, James, you know, do, do you think, or did you did you feel like the the Newcastle and City result did affect your sort of outlook, or was it more of a case of that's irrelevant? Like like Odegaard said, you know, we we focus on ourselves. Yeah, I think you can only focus on yourselves. But I think any player in that dressing room who says that it didn't come across their mind, then for me, they're lying. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was a massive opportunity, and obviously. The way Man City play, the way they've been looking this season, they're not going to drop many points. And obviously the way that Newcastle have been going along recently, again, it was, you know, an opportunity which we really, really didn't want to miss. And I think that might have been why you had the fast start that you saw. I mean, look, we've been a fast starting team this year, but I don't know, just it really did seem that we were at the races straight away. And it it settled me down, absolutely. You look at our record against Brighton the last few years and, even earlier on this season, we got humbled in the League Cup. And I don't know, it was a game that I was worried about. It really was. I, I think Kelvin alludes to it there. I think just as Arsenal fans, we're still kind of trying to get used to this feeling of, uh, you know, we beat everyone nowadays. But it's not been like that for a long period of time. So I think it's going to be a little while yet before I can go into these games feeling as confident as what I should be. But yeah, early goal, what a way to settle down the nerves. And from there on in, look, it wasn't easy and Arsenal did try and Arsenal it at points, but, you know, was a an entertaining game nonetheless. It's an old cliche, but it really was a game of two halves. First 45, obviously the, the early goal kind of set us up really well and then Odegaard, uh, well, actually before that, Zinchenko, if you remember, had a great chance to make mm. it 2-0. Um, not long, very, I reckon that was within, within the first five minutes and, um, Odegaard gave us the 2-0 cushion and we were cruising. We were cruising. And then mm. Eddie and Ketia out of sort of not a lot really makes it 3-0 and you think 
game over. I remember that the, the wife said to me, goes, this is boring. And I said, you know what? I will always take boring mm. over a stressful game. Because we watched the, the, the Man City second half and those last 11 minutes of, of stoppage time were incredibly, um, they were yeah. a hard watch to say the least. So at 3-0, you're thinking, this is lovely. Put your feet up. You know what? We all love those games where it's tight and it's end-to-end, but it's not good on the old heart. Whereas yesterday, it was very cruisy until Brighton got back into the game. We, we sort of weathered the storm, didn't we, for that? There was that period of 20 minutes. Well, I wouldn't say 20 minutes, maybe 5, 10, 15 minutes mm. uh, before we went back ahead. And then, obviously, they got back into the game again. What, what, what do you think the main difference was in that kind of second half from the first half? I think, for me, you automatically always drop off a little bit I feel like when you've built up a commanding lead I think it is really difficult to go out into the second half and have that same motivation that same kind of killer instinct that they would have had in the first half I think you've seen it time and time again not just Arsenal but teams around the world I think it is difficult to keep up that level and I think you are automatically going to get the other team coming out hunting you down and I think and also just Brighton are a good side and you know, the manager down there, is it Deserby? Is that right? Look, he's got them playing well. He seems to be mm. getting them pressing well. And I think they're one of these teams where they seem to be greater than the sum of their parts. And obviously, look, they probably wanted to put on a bit of a show for their own fans as well. It wasn't the nicest of days down there. So I think there's a bit of automatic kind of, you take your foot off the gas just very slightly. But, you know, it was obviously thankful that it didn't cost us in the end. And we managed to do enough yeah I mean it's, it's hard to kind of look away from all the stuff that James has said there but it is a case of look you know you're tuning up at half time you're absolutely cruising at that point um, it could have been more than two we scored early again uh, at the start of the second half uh, and as much as look them scoring twice I never felt nervous about them coming back into the game if I'm honest with you I always felt like yeah we've conceded but if we really wanted to, we could up this again for a five, 10 minute period and go and score another one. Look, we responded very well to their, their, their first goal, obviously went and got got the fourth, I believe. Were we four and up at one point? Yeah, no, yeah, you were. Yeah. It was the, the wonderful pass from Odegaard. Oh, absolutely sensational. Um, you know, to be able to do that first time on the spin, literally inch perfect. It's just goes to show the harmony within the team at the minute. Um, they're in sync. Um, so, you know, you're, you're playing at full confidence and knowing where your teammates are to be able to pull those sorts of passes off. Um, and look, I mean, I'm sure we're all probably screaming at Martinelli just to square it to Saka at the time. Uh, I certainly was. Um, but look, if, if you'd have missed it, you'd have been in for a world of pain from Saka, that's for sure. But luckily, look, he poked it, you know, between the keeper's legs. And it, the game was never in fear. I mean, commentators have got that wonderful touch, haven't they? If, always, if we're three or four nil up or a number of goals up, bringing up that Newcastle result. And, you know, we say it all the time, like, you know, we're still trying to get to get used to going into matches, watching modern Arsenal. But obviously there's a number of us that still has such massive influence or big dollops of horrific nostalgia, such as that Newcastle away game in the second half. You know, they bring it up and you can't help but go, fuck, please don't let that happen. Please, I don't want to see that again. So... The you know, even though they were saying it, yeah, put it put the thought in my mind, but I never had the fear, you know, that dread, that dread. Ruled out by VAR and it would have been 4-3. Are you telling me that you weren't a little bit worried then? 
Never in doubt, James. Never in doubt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But look, once that was ruled out, it could have been a very different final five minutes or so. But as soon as that was ruled out, that was game done. You could see they'd swung their last punch and was like, fuck this. Do you think that, I mean, I felt like it, it changed a little bit when Ben White and Zinchenko went off. There was a, there was a small drop off when he made the double change. Was that was was that an injury or was that just? We made a number of changes throughout the second half, especially when we went three 0 up. He's definitely conserving some legs, which I've got no problem with because we all know we need to do it. And maybe that's just yeah. And again, look, if you said to me in the next three months or so, however long we're going to carry on, you know, with all these games, it's going to be from now until the end of the season. But you know, if we have to get 3-0 up, make a few changes, maybe have a dicey last 10 minutes, but still come out with a 40 win. Do you know what? I'm going to take that all day, every day, right? Uh, but, you know, he took off some key players. For me, like that's man- Sorry, Kelvin. For me, that's m- managing minutes. You know, when you've got the luxury of having Tommy Asu on the bench, you've got the luxury of having Tierney on the bench. For me, there shouldn't be a big drop-off of quality. I mean, I know mm. we've obviously alluded to the fact that maybe was there a link with that? But obviously, uh, you know... We've got Newcastle again in a couple of days' time, and we've not always had that luxury to be able to afford to take off some key players. And it's really interesting you mentioned those, Steve, about Zinchenko, especially because I don't know what you boys thought, but just as soon as you see him, you know, first couple of minutes, even just the composure he has, just the positions he takes up, he's so important to this team. And you can see why when he's fit, he's picked over Tierney for me. I just feel like he is such an Arteta player and just when he's on the ball and when he's just, he just makes things tick for us. He really does. And, you know, I think you alluded to it earlier on. There was that moment where really early on, he ends up having a chance where he's almost in a centre forwards position. And I don't think you see Tierney cropping up in that type of position. I think Mm. when he's not there, I'm seeing more and more of a difference. Yeah. I was going to touch upon the line at the start, but then I kind of, but then with, with, with this current Arsenal team and Arteta, it feels like you, you sort of have the same conversation down you each week in terms of like the, the 11, like it's, mm. it's pretty much apart from Jesus, you can pretty much guess. Um, were you guys, I mean, you've already you know said it's no surprise, uh, James, that, that uh, Zinchenko came straight back into the 11. Calvin, did you, was that something you expected or, I mean, considering his, 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 um, his fitness, I have to say, I was a little surprised that he, he, he started the game. Um, just because the way, the way he's been, I just think we have to be very careful. Yeah. I mean, look, maybe a very small bit of surprise, but. You know, he was on the bench for the last game, came off the bench, got some minutes. I don't know, like, you know, if you're fit enough to be on the bench, then you're fit enough, in my in my opinion. Um, otherwise, you just won't be there because you, you're not going to be risks, risks for fucking 60 minutes or 10 minutes. You're just not. Obviously, it's getting him back to Mark Sharp, uh, that match sharpness. Um, and you need to do that starting games. And I've always been, you know, if when you play, it doesn't matter how experienced you are, coming on as a substitute, no matter what time you come on, it's, it's a weird feeling because it you do have to find the pace of the game. Everybody else has already broken that first wind. You know, the first five, 10 minutes coming off the bench can be a fucking whirlwind, an absolute clusterfuck uh, to try and deal with. But having him start from the off, so that, you know, it's, it's easy to break yourself in and get that match sharpness. So, look, I think you're always taking a risk with any player for an injury. Yeah, there's a sum that will be you know, more injury prone than others. You know, we could say this about Saka, 
you know, luckily that guy doesn't get injured, but he takes enough fucking wax. Martinelli's one, you know, he plays a lot of minutes and he had a pretty serious knee injury not that long ago. Um, but, you know, if, if we can get another player up there to, to help manage him, that would be great as well. Uh, but Zinchenko, <laughs> he's, he is our starting left back, isn't he? So there can't be too many, too yeah, many queries about it. I, w- I would actually be quite interested to see him, especially going forward with the amount of games we've got to play, like mm. given an opportunity in midfield. Worthwhile mentions. I'll come to you first, James. I think Thomas Partey. I think he was really important in this game. I think the number of key interceptions he makes, I think it was even for the first goal with um, Saka going through there. You know, Brighton had the opportunity to break. He breaks up the play and then it ends up then with us scoring a goal. And I just feel like, you know, everyone's talking about Jesus and how big a miss he's going to be. But I still have these fears of what's going to happen if he does have his inevitable breakdown. Look, I'm touching all the woods that I can around here at the moment, but he is just so important to the way that we play at the moment. Sorry, Calvin dies. Yeah, I'm gone. I'm gone. You can't be, I'm touching all the wood. Come on. This, this, uh, this is... This is a PG thirteen, James. PG is this what thirteen. It is? Sorry, sorry. I am. I am touching the wooden desk I, in front I, of me. That Thomas Partey does not get injured. I hope. Go. I hope your your fiance isn't listening to this. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. She might. She might want to be made. We don't know what they're like behind closed doors. But anyway, just funny. You, you say that, James. I can't remember if it was yourself, uh, but I definitely brought it up on a podcast. Not long after Jesus got injured, and I said, "Look, I know with with hindsight it's weird, but I think I asked you the question: if you had to choose one or the other to get injured, who would it be?" You yeah, know, to come back, you yeah. going into the World Cup. Yeah, if you had to, look, one had to. If you had to play that horrible game of who would it be? Yeah, I think Jesus. You could get away with it a little bit more than what you can with Thomas Pye. Well, look, Eddie is so far. Look, I'm I'm sure we'll come on to him. Let's let's talk about it briefly now. Look, two in two, and he's looked good and. Fair play to him. I think I alluded to it the last time I was on the podcast. A lot of portions of the uh, Twitter fan base were, you know, on his back and saying, was he going to be good enough? Was he going to be able to lead the line? But you can't argue with what he's doing so far. That finish yesterday, look, it's not going to be on the match of the day, goal of the month or anything like that. But it is a proper poacher's finish. It really reminded me of like an Ian Wright type finish. And that's exactly what you need. He was alert. He was first to it. Mm. Happy days. And, you know, Jesus coming into the World Cup. Yeah, he was doing lots for us. And I would still rather have him in the team. But he was on a bit of a goal drought, whereas obviously so far, Eddie's doing the business. That, that was always going to be the trade-off between those two, though, wasn't it? it was always, we know what Jesus brings to the overall game that we're playing on a weekly basis. And we all recognised, and we'd done it before with uh, Lacazette, slightly lower standards, obviously. Um but it was always, that was the argument on it. If you're playing really well and you can bring extra to the team, your goals would be great on top of that, but it's also not essential. Whereas, dare I say, I think, Ed, you know, Eddie and Ketcher's coming to this with a massive opportunity. We spoke about it, Steve, and you asked me what would be a realistic goal tally for him. And I said six goals. Um, you kind of gasped at me a little bit for saying six goals. But I, I just think in the team that we've got with those players, those, the, you know, going back to what you said about the eleven. Once he's put into that eleven instead of the fringe players in the Carabao Cup, it's different. It's a different game. You get a different service. Um, they're first team players for a reason, right? And they, they get picked ahead of everybody else for a reason. So to see Eddie 
doing his bit, but it's he's scoring the goals, but he's also doing a, a lot of work. A lot of work. And there's a lot of, I don't know if you guys have noticed it, but I've certainly noticed Jesus-isms in his play. Um, dropping deep, linking up. His hold-up play is a lot better than it has been. He, he's got more comfortable playing with his back to goal. There's been a few moments where just the way he holds the ball up is so reminiscent of Jesus with his back to goal, if he's plucking it down from the air or whatever it might be. So the fact that he's you know, not quite to level, but there's similarities, great work ethic outside the box, but the fact he's bringing the goals, I mean, that's all we can ask for, right? So here's yeah. one for you then. All right. So obviously, eventually Jesus is going to be back. Mm-hmm. So far this season, whenever Jesus and Eddie are both been playing, weirdly, Eddie's been put out on the flank and Jesus has been playing through the middle. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. everyone's talking about our depth and if all the rumours and the smoke is to be believed, obviously, Madrid is way up on our priority list. When you've mm-hmm. got both of them fit, Eddie through the middle, Jesus wise, you still get mm-hmm. all of the advantages of Jesus being Jesus, but then you've still got the predatory kind of goal scorer's instincts of Eddie and Ketia. Can you see a position where that happens more regularly when they're both fit? Weirdly, I mean, I would say yes. Um, and I was quite surprised that when they did start together, that it was Eddie that was put out on the, you know, the front left of the attacking three. I did find that unusual. I thought it would have made more sense to put Jesus out on the left, something he's a bit more familiar with, with his, from his time at City. And, you know, Eddie's more central. We've seen it, right? He's that poacher in, in the box. Whereas if you give Jesus a bit more of a licence to roam in that left left central area, then yeah, I, I would have thought that would make sense. But the good thing is, is look, if you do bring Mudrick in, Jesus comes back from his injury in good nick, gives him time to not be rushed back into the starting 11, because I think that's vital. I mean, look, if, and look, let's touch that wood for you, James, because I know you really appreciate that. <laughs> Don't be touching James's wood. <laughs> look at the smile on his face, Steve. Don't be lying that. I'm you glad guys, I'm not the only one now touching wood. Are you guys yeah. are you guys in the same room? Don't, you, don't get jealous. Come on, don't get jealous. <laughs> we'll invite you in for wood touching another time. Fine. Um, I'll pass. I'll pass. Thank you. Yeah. But um, I've lost my point now because of all the wood touching that's been going on. Now you're on about but, your uh, point. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. It's getting worse. It's just these tangents, mate. You know, James putting dirty thoughts out into the universe. And obviously I'll bring me... it back in. Let me bring it back in. Um, We're talking I'll, about Eddie. I'll, yeah. I, I, what I will say um, to sort of kind of uh, cap that off, I think first 45 against West Ham, I, I wasn't particularly impressed. Uh, maybe I was being mm-hmm. a little bit harsh. Maybe I was a little bit frustrated um, that we were 1-0 down and you sort of look for a bit of a scapegoat. But listen, you, you scored two out of two. Regardless of how you score, you know he's hitting the net, and I feel like at that at that level, at the top level, you've got you've got to commend that, and you know mm. cre- credit to him. And listen, you know we want the best for Arsenal, we want the best um, for the team, and let's hope he continues that. Um, in terms of the the transfer mill, um, this guy seems to keep posting about Arsenal. Is it? I mean, I feel like there's so many factors going for us at the moment. Why not? You know, everyone's dropping points. We keep winning. Why not? Why, why can't we get these players? I think I it's going to happen. Be- it's going to happen, isn't it? I think there's, like I say, I've alluded to it a few times, there's too much smoke. I think if this transfer doesn't happen, it'd be very, very surprising. But it's all going to come down to the fee, isn't it? And I think Shakhtar are going to play hardball. They know that they've got an asset on their hands and they know that 
you know, Arsenal have got the money to be able to give them a big fee. And I think the only thing that I can see happening is that it's not going to be quick because I think Shakhtar are going to drag their heels right until the end of January. Whereas mm. obviously we want to get it over and done with quickly because you've got Spurs, you've got Man United, Newcastle, you know, big fixtures coming up. So I think that's why we've made our move early because we know that it's not going to be an easy negotiation. Look what Liverpool have done with Gakpo. Look, they've got him in straight away. That's a fantastic move. But I just don't, sorry, just to cut across James, as an Arsenal negotiator right now, I would be fucking using that deal. It's such a benchmark to what we should be paying. Because look, a couple of weeks ago, it was, yeah, but everyone's using Anthony's deal from fucking Ajax to United, 100 mil. 100 mil being thrown around. I'm sorry, but let's just look at on paper right now. Gakpo is probably a better player. More known, played in the World Cup, had a decent World Cup. And they've got him for a fucking, dare I say it, a fucking steal from what I've seen. Yeah, they do seem to do it, don't they? Newcastle, sorry, Newcastle. Liverpool are a good buying club. They're a good selling club. Although saying mm. that, watching um, Darwin Nunez the other night, not being able oh. to hit a barn door again was uh, quite funny Same when they spent, yeah. what, 70, 80 mil on him. But mm. look, I think it will happen, but I just think it's going to take a bit more time than what we'd all like. And um, mm. As I of think- an hour ago, um, apparently a, a contract terms have been agreed but that means nothing unless you can agree a fee mm. for me it's got horrible familiarizations to being linked with eden hazard and i thought that before chelsea even came out into the papers and be like yeah we're going to try and hijack this because i could see that and again look it's history just following me forward and i'm carrying it mm. into the modern game but look he, he wants to move i think that's clear as day i think he wants to come to us we just need to go and thrash it out, really. Well, look, I guess the only positive you can have, obviously, with this deal maybe taking a little bit longer, Emil Smith-Rowe back in training. And obviously, mm. that's going to be a massive benefit for us if we can start getting him a few minutes in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, hasn't really played a part this season. Had a few kind of cameo substitute appearances right at the beginning of the season. And look, he is going to mm. be able to take some of those minutes from... Marcinelli, Saka, obviously Erdogan's going to need a rest at the moment at some point, but I mean, mm. I don't want to see it. I mean, you alluded to it earlier on with that pass, especially that he made, but just overall, his game yesterday was just outrageous. And I honestly can't think of a player in his position, certainly, but maybe even just a Premier League player in general at the moment that is in better form than he is. Just. No. It's incredible, it's incredible, especially when you think about how much we paid for him. Yeah, thanks again, Real Madrid. Appreciate it. Um, some of the best business in the Premier League in the last five, ten years by any club. You know, you, you look at sort of the, the the great, the good, and the bad, the good, the bad, the ugly. That's that's one of the best deals. Like, and I feel like at the time he went back, didn't he, on loan, and then there was no one really asking for him, which is incredible when you think about it. Like, he, mm. he people were sort of sleeping on him. Um, yeah, unbelievable footballer, and I think I think it's great to have that sort of character as a captain because he's sort of very sort of he's a very well round well rounded uh, individual and um, keeps his cool. You know, doesn't really get involved in anything silly. Like he's just very professional in the way he goes about things. And you could argue, you know, Jacker is is almost like the unofficial captain. So you've got you've got the composed one and you've got the nutty one who's a bit unpredictable. 
but I feel like it's a good balance. At the moment, I can't imagine him not being first name on the team sheet. He's just does he does so much for us on the ball. He's just so much for us off the ball. Did you notice yesterday as well when they were all in the huddle before the game? It looked like it was him giving the final few words as well. So it looks as if he's getting a little bit more vocal potentially than what he has been. Arteta kind of alluded to it in the little interview we did with Sky that he's he's not a captain that's gonna you know shout and scream and always be the first man to put his hand up and talk but he is one of these leaders where he's very much you know he shows an example to the rest mm. of the team but if he's obviously getting a little bit more vocal as well I can only see that as a positive yeah he's, he definitely he definitely leads by example doesn't he sorry Calvin no that's fine no he definitely leads by example and I think one of the things I, I've mentioned on the podcast over the last number of years is and it's mad that we can say years by the way Steve at this point um I think he's very much a modern day captain. Um, I, I, I think we're past the phase really of seeing shouters in, in, in the game. I just don't think that's something which ticks very well with the, the youngest generations that come through. They don't really respond very well to that. Um, whereas, you know, that's what we grew up on, right? That's what we love, that bit of fight. It's not there anymore. But what Martin Odegaard, uh, Martin Odegaard does incredibly well is speaks with actions, right? Actions always speak louder than words. Um, and the way he conducts himself, as you just alluded to, the work rate is sensational. He is always the first person to instigate the press. It's always him that's darting out, which is an instruction. We know that, but he still has to carry it through. And that can be exhausting. He doesn't stop. He never stops. He's always the one who runs the most. And it's just his his overall play at the minute is, is superb. Like it's, it's incredible to watch. He's the one that you would tune into as a neutral to watch some opposing team play because it's that good. I mean, look, he nearly had one of the most wonderful assists in that game yesterday with some sort of back heel nutmeg, God knows what that was. And then the game before that, he did a cross turn with two lads on his shoulders. Nutmeg's one of them, skips between two of them. Like, you're not seeing any other player do that in a minute. You're just he not. It, he does it with such elegance and such ease. Like, it's incredible. Um, yeah. Someone was comparing him... Uh, to Cesc Fabregas today, actually. What are you saying? He was better than Cesc Fabregas. Um, he's definitely in a. It's definitely a conversation. I mean, not that it it really matters, but it's no, it doesn't. I can see where it's a good argument, though, and it's a good kind of debate to have because they're two fantastic players to look look at. Yeah, very similar, actually. In many, you know, when you kind of look at their, the work rate and their mm. attacking mobility, um, mm. you, you look at someone like Özil had all the attacking ability, but not necessarily the work rate. Whereas Odegaard really is like, he's the full package, isn't he? He's got oh. everything. He's added goals as well, which is, you know, it's great. Even his finish yesterday, I thought was good. A lot of people said it was a bit of a miss kick, but I, you know, how many goals do you see like that where you kick it into the floor to bounce it up over? The Ozil bounces, they call it, not quite. but I remember last season, we had we had this conversation quite a lot about him. He wasn't particularly confident in front of the goal. Would always maybe hesitate, look for that pass that wasn't necessary. Um, mm. So yeah, that's good. He's really improved, you know, in that sense. Um, anyone else from yesterday? You guys want to uh, talk about any any other performances that stood out to you? I know William Saliba had a bit. Didn't have the best of games, but I think it was Charn who made a really good point in terms of like the, the one goal. I think because he's on a booking. He was probably a little bit hesitant to to uh, make the tackle, which I think was is valid. Um, yeah, I think he was unlucky. I think it was more clumsy more than anything else. And am I right in thinking now because he did pick up a yellow, that's him out of the Newcastle game now? 
No, he's got one more, I think. No, he's got he one more. He needs to get one more, and then he's then, out. Then he missed Tottenham. When is he it get... it when is it it resets? Good question. I never know. Surely it must be when you hit the halfway point of your fixes. That would make sense, huh? Does it not does it I'll reset? Do some Googling. Does it actually you I do... thought you just you just say a four? No. No, usually there's a point in which in which it resets. It's like after the you know Champions League groups. It's table, five yellow it? cards, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know it reset. I just what does it? it or do the rules change? James, I think if you get up to 10 yellows, isn't it too much, Ben? If Bakaya Saka and William Saliba get another book in the, in the next game, then they will miss the North London derby, which is a little bit worrying. Yeah, because that's going to be a very tricky game. Um, it's, 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 it's astounding, really, you know, considering how, how often Bakaya Saka gets fouled, um, the yellow cards that he picks of himself. It is something I think that needs maybe looking at just overall from football because you think this rule's been around for a long, long time. You know, they pick up five bookings, you get a match ban. But I don't know the way you get, how easy it is to get booked in today's game. I think it's it'd be it'd be quite harsh. You know, you yeah. could have five very ominous yellow cards and then miss a game and miss a very big game. Can you appear with yellow cards? No, we can't. Just sending off, is it? Yeah, I think so. Interestingly, going back to Saliba briefly, did you see that we've triggered the extension in his contract now as well? I mean, I don't think it'll be any surprise to anyone that we have done, but apparently we needed to trigger it before uh, New Year's Eve and we have done so in the last few days. Interesting that it took so long to trigger it. I mean, I would have been triggering that clause um, a good few weeks ago now, but I guess Mm. if we've got the option, it doesn't matter when you do it, but... There was obviously all the talk about a contract being close. That's gone a little bit quiet recently, but um, mm. I can't imagine you'd want to be anywhere else right now. If you were William Saliba, no. he's playing week in, week out in the Premier League. He obviously got himself into the France squads. He's, you know, playing for a team that are top of the league as well. You know, just in case anyone needs reminding of that. So, um, yeah, interesting to see where that one goes. Looking ahead to Newcastle, obviously you've just mentioned... Um, you know, the, the, the potential doom um, of uh, Bakai Saka and um, William Saliba picking up a book in this game would, would, would mean they would miss uh, the North of the Derby. Um, that mm. aside, how are we all feeling? Massive game, home advantage. Newcastle have just dropped points. So, um, you know, big opportunity to, to sort of put some more um, space between the two sides. Be nice to be able to do that, wouldn't it? That is for sure. Um, how am I feeling about this one? <laughs> I think I've said this to you a couple of times this year, but it's a case of we owe these fuckers one from that little run we had at the end of last season. Um, they're a good side, though. They're a very good side under Eddie Howe this season, playing some good stuff. Um, the one thing that's definitely swinging in our favour is we're at home. We are very good at home, and we have been for quite quite some time now. The Emirates atmosphere... It's not just renowned for us now. It seems to be recognised across the league as I think it was even voted as the best in the league at the moment, as things stand. I do think teams probably fear coming to the Emirates lately. Um, and that'd be any team. I think even City would probably fear coming to us at the minute. They, you know, they had a rough time there last season, got away with three points, luckily. But you know, the way we're dismantling teams at home and you know, the way we dominate the ball, dominate every aspect of the game, really, when we're playing at home. That, that edges it towards us being, you know, favourites. You know, I'd say a 60-40 swing in our favour, but 
again, we just got to continue doing what we're doing, haven't we? It's, it's as simple as that. I mean, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but going into every game, regardless of how I feel emotionally, I'm just like, let's just keep doing what we're doing. Keep playing the right football. Let's go out with the high intensity. Let's not have any slow starts. Let's not let them get settled. You know, let's go after the game and go after it early um, because we're in we're in that position where, you know, we're playing, giving people the fear, um, which makes our lives that little bit easier. I think it's a game that's really a test of our title credentials. You know, it's not, look, I'm not saying that Newcastle are going to be up there for the title, but if it's, if we are going to keep momentum and look to push towards the title, I think this is a type of game where you need to be winning. And look, we've been dealt a little bit of luck, just read there that uh, Kieran Trippier will miss the game. He's got a, he picked up his fifth booking in the game against Leeds. He's obviously been a massive part of how they've played so far this year. He's a real key player for them. So that's going to be a miss. And look, we're coming off the back of five straight wins. It should be the game that we go into where we do have confidence. And look, I think we've got enough to beat them. I think we've got, look, I think it's going to be close and I can't see it being a runaway for us, but I think the Mm. fast start is going to be super important. And I think we are going to have to ride our luck at times. And they have got a number of dangerous players and, Look, it's got Joe Willock written all over it as well. Who knows? But mm. I'm quite quietly confident, more confident actually about the Newcastle game than what I was about going to Brighton. Interesting. Why are you, Steve? Mm. I think I think it's going to be another one of those games where we're like one nil, two nil. Um, but mm. I just can't see us losing at the moment. Famous last words: Don't clip back. Mm-hmm. I just can't see us losing at the moment. I, I can't. I can't really see us. I mean, to be fair, I was surprised we even conceded two the other night, uh, last night, you know, we've been so solid at the back. Um, the way we are just kind of t- tearing teams apart, playing, playing with such confidence. My only concern is because, is how he manages Bakayo Saka, uh, William Saliba. Not me, Saliba, you could you could argue you've got the likes of Ben White, you can move to centre-half, you've got Rob Holding, mm. but Saka, he's got to be fit. You know, he can't miss that Tottenham game. Um, that said... If he picks up a suspension, would he not miss the FA Cup game? I'm, I, I don't know for sure, but not according to the newspaper report no. I just read there in between. I think you used to miss an FA Cup game or used to miss yeah. a League Cup game back in the day, but maybe the rules have changed since then. Is it just cut? Yeah, because if you got sent off even in the FA Cup, that would carry into your 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 league campaign. Surely well. that's not. Surely that's linked. Unless they've changed it, yeah, because that's how it used to be. They used to carry over mm. to from because it's domestic. Yeah. Um, let's well, look, if that's the case, it is a concern off. though. It is, <laughs> it is, yeah. I mean, it is. It's definitely a worry, but at the same time, in his position, you've got a question like, really, you shouldn't really be. I don't. I, I always feel like as an attacker, you shouldn't really be picking up that many fouls. No, I guess so. I mean, it's frustrating, isn't it, that this is. A, the type of game where obviously if you did have the depth of Mudrick, you would have the depth of a Smith Rowe. You might think, right, we'll, we'll start one of those two and then sit Bakayo down for a match and then bring him off the bench if we need him. But look, we don't have that luxury right now. I think he's developed so much in the last few weeks, the last few months. He's a sensible player. He's obviously not going to go out and do anything he shouldn't be doing. So I'm confident he'll get through the game and then we'll have him for Spurs. But Knowing our luck, words and all that. Yeah, no, knowing our luck, it'll be one of those where he's been kicked around for ninety minutes, 
and then gets booked for simulation when he is also being kicked to the floor. Um, that would be the most arsehole thing to happen, wouldn't it? Book for a dive. Miss Tottenham yeah. didn't dive. Fuck's sake. Oh, God. Um, so overall, we're, we're pretty confident. We're just a little bit worried about Bakayo Saka, which is fair enough. Um, before we go, lads, one good, one bad. I'll throw it over to you first, Calvin. What are we going with first? The good or the bad? Um, we'll go with the bad, and then we'll end on the good. We'll go with the All right. Bad for me is a simple one. Uh, coming towards the end of the uh, Christmas break, work is on the horizon for me again. Um, just not looking forward to it, to be honest. I'm quite happy just being a uh, an at-home man, just doing the odds and sods around the house. No worries, you, no stress. When, when did you last work? God, can I give an honest answer? Yeah. Probably. In <laughs> December, <laughs> October, yeah. 2020. <laughs> no, it was the... I was working the week up to Christmas, uh, so I've had just over a week off. Fair. It's been nice. Be nice. And you won good? One good. Easy one to pick for me. It is Arsenal related, but coming into the new year, seven points clear at the top. I can't, I can't, I can't look beyond it. It's fucking keep catching, isn't it? Keep catching and saying it to me. My wife to me, Mrs. Yesterday I was cooking the dinner. I was like, babe, we're, we're seven points clear. And she's looking at me, I couldn't give a shit. Does anyone, uh, give a shit. Does anyone else just keep thing. grinning? Just keep grinning like a ship, like a shitty in dog, like. <laughs> <laughs> I keep finding myself going back to the league constantly and just, you know, a good two or three times a day. Just the, I just, the novelty for me is not going to ever wear off. I, it's been far too long. And uh, the fact that it's uh, Man City behind as well and the fact that Haaland is scoring all of these goals, they're still seven points behind us, even better. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. James? Um, one bad... Obviously can't remember him, but it was sad to see Pele uh, pass away. Obviously, he was mm. one of the greats. And from what I've seen of clips on YouTube and documentaries, obviously, what a player. And anyone who was around when he was a player, they just talk about what an amazing player he was. And they talk about the fact that every good thing that you see in football now, Pele did first and things like that. And so, um, no, sad to see any great legend of the game pass so um probably the one bad but the one good um i went to the races yesterday you talked to horse races and got two winners so uh yeah i had a nice little uh windfall going into the new year i mean i'm still going to go to work this week so you can you can as you can imagine it weren't a great deal of money but it was nice to win drinks Always on nice you drinks on you when you're next to the football then well kelvin yeah. still owes me a drink from the quiz last summer does he yeah. Did I not? Hang on, did I not get you on a Steve's wedding either? Did, was that not uh, the plan? No, I don't oh, know. That's poor. Oh, I can't remember either. Yeah, he's poor. Look, <laughs> what about you, Steve? What's your good and bad? Um, my one bad is Cristiano Ronaldo, who, you know what, threw his toys out the pram, went to the, went to these extreme lengths of of you know throwing Man United under the bus or whatever. That so then, funny. I mean, it was hilarious. But to, to, to go through all that and then join a team in Saudi Arabia, it just feels a bit like, really? Like, you know, last day, five minutes ago, you were talking about wanting to be the best and play for the best and be competitive and do it, you know, and still play at the highest level. I mean, I get it from a, a financial point of view. He's got a massive pound. But from a, a professional standpoint, I think it's a bit embarrassing that he's gone and done that. Um, so that's my one bad. 
Um, yeah. and my one, my one good is um, I quite like New Year's in terms of like it feels like a new start without without sounding too deep. Like you know, oh. New Year's Day, fresh start, New Year, same me, but I quite like it. But deeper. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> but what? <laughs> but, but deeper. De- but deeper, yeah. You don't like going too deep. That's what you were just saying, apparently. Well, I'm sure you can allude, you know, just. <clears throat> <laughs> well, look, bringing it back, I'm hoping that we don't get too much of a, a change from the uh, first part of the season. So I'm hoping that the New Year's resolutions from the Arsenal boys are. Very much uh, as you were, boys. Let's just keep battering everyone. Before before we get before we go, can we win the league? (sighs) (laughs) I don't want to be the one to say it. It's but I'm I've said it. I remember I said it before Christmas. We you know we've earned the right to be in that discussion. We've earned the right to to let ourselves daydream. I think that's probably what I'm saying. I think there is a chance. You're telling me there's a chance. The, the, um, the, the further we go and the more we keep winning, I just can't help but think like, oh, if we, if we throw this away, it's going to be so Arsenal. <laughs> See, I don't want to think of that. I don't want to think of the worst. Because that would be worst case is to dangle the carrot, get real close and then just... Arsenal uh, are dangling the carrot. They're literally knocking on our front door every morning, waving the carrot, putting it for the letterbox. Do you know what is probably a lot more likely this year, and especially after the results today, is that um, a very much uh, good return of St. Totteringham's Day? It's coming. That is coming back. I can't wait to sing that. It's going to be a good good day at the Emirates, that will be, when we can sing about beating Tottenham in the league. Yeah. But, uh, Cheers, Unai. You know what? He's, he's fulfilled his destiny. Yeah, hasn't he? Aston Villa. Yeah, Aston Villa beating Spurs. It wasn't meant to knock us out in Europe, but you know, we'll, we'll let that slide. Yeah, we shall let that slide. I think that's probably the best way to do it, innit? to be honest with you. But look, I guess we'll probably leave it there. Steve's been putting on more lippy than he's had uh, things to say on, on this po- on this podcast from all by all accounts. But look. Thanks for taking the time to tune in and listen to the podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you do enjoy the show, please leave us a review. We greatly appreciate it. We'll be back after the game against Newcastle on Tuesday night. But until then, look after yourselves. Look after each other. Catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.